Welcome back to the Read the Roster podcast. I'm Ross. And I'm Reed. And this is going to be our NFL Week 3 preview. Please go check out the show on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're putting up episodes weekly. Mondays for our college episodes, Wednesdays for our NFL episodes. We are going to try and keep that on a schedule so it keeps it nice and tidy for everybody. And that way you can follow along and know what comes out when. Please rate and review the show. Please share it with everyone you know. People who love football, love talking football, want to know more about football. We're trying to build a big community out of this thing. We want to interact with as many people as possible. Please share your opinions with us on Facebook, Read the Roster, at Twitter, at Read the Roster. We just want to interact with as many people as we can. We have opinions about pretty much everything football, so please share with us your own opinions, your thoughts about what we have to say. And, you know, we had a crazy week two of the NFL. I think we've had a couple of teams cement themselves as Super Bowl contenders, and I think we've seen a lot of shocking things out of some other teams. So it's going to be real interesting to talk week three. Yeah, it's been it's honestly kind of crazy that we're already in – talking about week three of the NFL. I was waiting on football so long that it's already crazy that it's already been two weeks and heading into three. But fantasy football has been going pretty good. It's been fun so far. And watching all the games for the first time in depth has been really fun. And just honestly just looking forward to the rest of the year and honestly seeing what the NFL has to offer because I haven't really watched it that much. I've always been – a college football guy over the NFL. So really enjoying these first few weeks. Well, that being said, let's just dive right into this thing. You and I can kind of go back and forth on these. Uh, me and you kind of discussed before hitting the record button that, you know, there's not as many crazy matchups this week, but it is the NFL and, and you never really know what can happen. So we'll start off. I'll let you kind of go first. We've got Steelers at Browns. Let me hear what you got. Neither of these teams have been – very impressive, but I think it all just depends on what the Steelers do at quarterback. If Mitchell Trubisky is still your quarterback heading into this football game, I think I'll take the Browns on this one. Jacoby Brissett played a pretty good game last week. He's He did what needed to be done to win the football game. Their defense just kind of let them down, but I just don't think Mitchell Trubisky can win you a ton of football games. We all know that these teams both have history, maybe with different quarterbacks, but Miles Garrett's probably going to go out there with a chip on his shoulder ready to prove that and take some of his anger out. But I'm going to have to take the Browns in this one. If But if Kenny Pickett does take over, I think it could be a very interesting game. But I still think either way the Browns pull this one out in a very close game. forgot to mention this is the Thursday night game. Uh, Cleveland's favored by about four and a half. I think that's pretty accurate. The Steelers' defense has played pretty decent, especially considering the fact that T.J. Watt did go down. Um, but Mitch Trubisky has not had a good start of the season. Najee is still kind of dealing with the foot thing. The offensive line still isn't playing great, and I think if you're going against Miles Garrett, that says a lot. And Jadavion Clowney has been good enough on the opposite side. So, And I feel like the real weakness of this Steelers' offensive line are the tackles. So the less they get their receivers involved to kind of ease the pain off Najee, the worse that this offense is going to get. And I just feel like with Mitchell Trubisky running things, I feel like you've kind of got what you got. So Nick Chubb and, and this offense, I feel like kind of carry the Browns to a pretty close win, but yeah, I'm going to say, give me, give me the Browns by about a field goal, but it'll somehow be close and, and 
a weird game because that just seems like everything that the Steelers and Browns have been a part of these first couple of weeks. Moving on to Sunday, this is 1 p.m. on CBS, Texans at Bears. I don't even know what to say about this game. You know, Davis Mills continues to be pretty decent considering he was a third-round draft pick. The offensive line for the Texans is surprisingly not all that bad. Uh, Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks aren't aren't too bad over at the wide receiver positions. Damian Pierce, I feel like, came in with a lot of hype but still hasn't been able to get going. Um, but this Bears defense might be the cure for a bad offense. They're not good uh, besides Roquan Smith kind of in the middle. And I feel like Jalen Johnson is good enough. But if he's the number one corner and has to guard Brandon Cooks, I feel like he might get cooked, bad pun, uh, for a lot of this game. Uh, I actually like the Texans in this one. I know Bears are playing at home, and you know Justin Fields might be able to make some plays on this Texans defense. This might actually be the most fair matchup he'll see for the first couple of years of his career. But I like the Texans in this one. I think they could probably win by a touchdown. Give me the Texans in this one. For some reason, I have faith in the Bears. Neither of these teams look good. I think both have a chance to win this game in a very sloppy, ugly game. But for some reason, I'm having faith in the Bears. Justin Fields, like you said, hasn't played the best, but the pieces around him aren't the best either. But he did get a win in week one, even if it was poor field conditions. I think this defense has better players easily over the Texans' defense. I think only the only bright spot for the Texans is Brandon Cooks, but I think if you double him, you don't really have too much to worry about, and I think Roquan Smith can kind of shut down Damian Pierce pretty easily. So give me the former Georgia boy in Justin Fields and have the Bears in this one in a close game. Next, we got Raiders at Titans. Uh, I think the Raiders are probably going to win this one. I don't want to say easily, but – if they're able to take away Derrick Henry, the Bills kind of proved that the offense just doesn't run. My only problem with that is I don't know if the Raiders have enough beef on the defensive line. They're kind of a more agile defensive line, good for pass rush. Um, but I think that if they key on Henry enough, I think they can kind of stop this offense from getting done when it needs to get done. And with Devontae Adams, I still feel like he's the number one wide receiver in the league. Stephon Diggs is trying to push him for that right now. I just feel like with the performance we saw out of Diggs, I think Devontae Adams could kind of re-break out after a good week one performance, a slump last week. I think he'd come back out and have another great game. And as long as Derek Carr is not the Derek Carr we've seen under the first two weeks, I think the Raiders can pull this one out by about a touchdown. So give me the Raiders in this one. The biggest thing for the Titans this week is, in my opinion, gonna what is going to end up what happening – to Taylor Lewan. He's the emotional leader for that offensive line that kind of, like you said, gets Derrick Henry going. He went down with a knee injury. Honestly, don't really know what happened. I'll try to look for it after the game, but I haven't seen anything yet. But with what his health looks like, I don't think he'll play in this game. So I think it's going to get, like you said, it's going to get hard to get Derrick Henry going. I just, outside of Derrick Henry, this offense is subpar at best. Traylon Burks got involved a little bit, but not much. This defense is okay. They just got tore up by the Bills. And like you said, if Derek Carr can play somewhat competent and hit Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, 
and Hunter Renfro down the field. I don't think it's going to be close of a game. This defense for the uh, Raiders can get pass rush. It's just like you said, I don't know if they can stop the run. And maybe if they're not kind of prepared for those deep shots and play action like the Titans are famous for. But in my eyes, I really don't see the Titans remotely close to winning this football game. I think the Raiders kind of take this one in a, I wouldn't say offensive shootout, but I can see it being 14 to 20 points, give me the Raiders. I was just trying to find some info myself on Taylor LeJuan. I haven't seen anything on that. Um, so, like you said, that will be interesting to kind of take a look at going forward. Uh, our next one, we've got uh, Chiefs at Colts. What do you got for this one? I think you easily got to take the Chiefs, especially after what we saw last week out of the Colts. I know their defense isn't amazing. But from what it's looking like, if you shut down Jonathan Taylor, apparently this team can't get going. I don't know if Michael Pitts, Michael Pittman will be back for this game, but Jonathan Taylor seems to be the only bright spot on that offense right now. His offensive line isn't playing amazing. Matt Ryan is playing like a first-year rookie who got drafted in the sixth round. He doesn't know what he's doing. But if Michael Pitts comes back, Michael Pittman comes back, I think this game could be somewhat close. But right now, Patrick Mahomes is playing out of his mind after losing Tyreek Hill. This offense hasn't really slowed down any. If their defense can make the plays, I think the Chiefs win this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you on this one. The Colts have been off to a rough start for this season. I just – you know, I think the defense kind of gets back on track this week, but I think the Chiefs' offense is just going to be too much to handle. And, you know, the Chiefs' defense is better than they were last year. I know they still give up some plays, but they were still able to kind of, con- you know, contain this Chargers' offense enough to get that win last week. And, you know, depending on what happens with Michael Pittman, I mean, if they're able to shut down Jonathan Taylor, I just feel like the Eagles o- or the Eagles, the Colts' offense just hasn't done enough to prove that they can keep going. And like you said, I mean, Matt Ryan's just not looking like the Matt Ryan we've seen prior to him joining the Colts. I just don't really see any possibility that the Colts walk away with a win in this one. Colt, the Chiefs are favored by about seven. I think it could be worse than that. Give me the Chiefs easy in this one by maybe even two scores. Moving on to Bills-Dolphins. Bills are only favored by six in this one kind of confusing to me, but let me hear what you got. I think that's just, honestly, recency bias. This team didn't look amazing in week one. They come out and play against a terrible secondary who had no idea what was going on. Check out the recap episode. We just kind of went all over that in that episode, but trying to not stay on it for too long. But this Bills defense is great. Their safeties back there are two pro bowlers easy. I think one of them got hurt, but I don't know if he'll be out for this game or not. But if I just don't think that those two caliber of players are going to let Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle kind of bomb on them like that. And I still think that a lot of the great plays kind of came down to this, to the Ravens secondary, not just know what's going on. So I think they're just kind of going to revert back to the old Dolphins and this Bills offense is it's looking scary. It's the best one in the NFL by far these past two weeks. Give me Josh Allen and the Bills. Honestly, 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's a complete blowout. Like this Bills team is something different. I know it's interdivision, and I know the Bills got to travel to Miami, but I just with the way that the Bills defense has started, I think it's tough to even say that the Dolphins keep this one too too close. The Bills offense is on another level. And let's not forget that the Dolphins did struggle to do anything against just Lamar Jackson pretty much. I mean, I know Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay and Mark Andrews are a nice little trio to try and guard, but this game was Lamar Jackson carving them up and and doing what he needed to do to try and win that football game. So, you know, as far as the point spread, it it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me because if this defense can't stop the, the Bills' offense, they've proven that they can score so quick. And, They've already done what they've done to the Rams defense, and I just don't see why that would be any different to this Dolphins defense. And the Dolphins got off to a slow start, and this Bills offense is just so high-powered and can score so quickly. I just don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to pull the miracle that they did last week. So I don't necessarily think it gets to a blowout like you do, but I am also of the mindset that this is probably going to be an easy Bills win by possibly two scores, maybe even up to 17 points. So give me the Bills and – Give me the Bills easy. Moving on to Lions at Vikings. I think this is an eye-opening game, and if you can watch this one, I would watch this one. If the Lions can contain Justin Jefferson, I think the Lions have a good shot to win this game. Minnesota is favored by a touchdown, but if they can control Justin Jefferson, the Lions offense has played really, really well. But also... This Vikings defense is probably the best one they've played so far, in my opinion. You know, say what you will about the Eagles defense, but they did not give a good performance against the Lions week one. This is also the Lions going on the road. So this one's tough for me. I think the Justin Jefferson will get back on the right track, and I also think Dalvin Cook will too. But I really think this could be a fun game, and I think, this could actually determine who finishes second in the division because I, I think the Bears are going to get nowhere near it. And even though the Packers haven't looked like the Packers, they've owned this division for so long, I feel like mentality might win out and get them first place. So I'm going to believe in Dan Campbell and, and this Lions roster. I think they do enough to slow down Justin Jefferson. You know, maybe he still has a good game and so does Dalvin Cook. But this offense has looked good and they have – you know, enough weapons to where you can't really focus on just one. So I'm going to rock with the Lions in a super close game. Let's say they win by a field goal. I'll have to go against you in this one. I think Justin Jefferson comes off this week pretty angry and looking to make a statement of returning back to his top five kind of echelon. Like you said, I think Kirk Cousins kind of has to go back to the drawing board and get more offensive weapons involved, not just Justin Jefferson. But also, to keep adding on what you said, this is probably the best defense Jared Goff will play all year. They might come in, punch him in the mouth, kind of give him something he's not ready for, kind of shake him up a little bit, make him revert back to old Jared Goff. I know this offense has played crazy good and played, honestly, like a really cohesive unit. This defense has played pretty good. Like you said, Aiden Hutchinson had a great game last week, but – I just have faith in Justin Jefferson going to bounce back and kind of go off for what he did in week one. And I think Kirk Cousins will come back and definitely not throw three picks again. So I'll have to take the Vikings in this one. And honestly, I think it'll be a pretty close game. 
Ravens at Patriots, one o'clock. I, this one's hard for me because, you know, the Dolphins win, I don't want to say handedly over the Patriots because they did have a kind of a rougher showing week one. But then they come back and show an offensive clinic against the Ravens. I think the Ravens defense gets things figured out. John Harbaugh always has that defense for the most part on the right track. So I feel like that might have just been an anomaly. I feel like the Ravens' performance against the Dolphins and the Ravens' performance that we saw against the Jets week one is going to be somewhere in between this game. I think, you know, Baltimore probably only wins by seven to ten points, but I do think they ultimately come out with the win in this one. I just don't think the Patriots have enough offensive weaponry to challenge them like the Dolphins did. And on defense, I just don't think they have enough to contain Lamar and make him uncomfortable to where he does anything besides what he's been doing these first couple of weeks. So give me the Ravens by about 10. I definitely have to pick the Ravens in this one. I don't have any faith in the Patriots team. I know I'm sounding like a hater right now. Not a big fan of Mac Jones. This defense is okay, but it's also the Patriots. They're always going to have a good defense. But Lamar's on a hot streak right now. He's playing like an MVP again. He just proved it again last week when he went off for – five touchdowns this offense has a chance to be explosive Uh, hopefully their defense can play somewhat decent this week and lock up the three-headed monster that is Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers and whoever else they have as sarcastic as I try to make that but I have no faith in this Patriots team and I'm going to go a little bit above you I think this game could get potentially to 17 to 20 points in the favor of the Ravens. Moving on to Bengals at Jets. This is also at 1 o'clock. What do you think about this one? I want to hear you first. I think I have to go with the Bengals. I know the Jets played really good last week, but I just don't think they continue it. The Bengals have played absolutely terrible the first few weeks. I think this Jets team is bad enough to where they finally start clicking on offense and getting things kind of back to where they're used to being at. But I don't think it's going to be an impressive showing for either team. But it's kind of hard to bet against Joe Burrow with a team like the Jets who have been so terrible the past few years. But they made it interesting last week. It could potentially be a close game, but I have the Bengals in this one. Wouldn't be shocked if the Jets kind of make it a game. I have to just go with the Bengals, though. I feel like a lot of the reason from last week, too, there was enough from Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs to keep this offense uncomfortable, and I just don't think the Jets have anybody to do that. You know, maybe the Jets have another good day on offense because this Bengals defense is not showing us anything. I mean, they did lose to Cooper Rush last week, um, but do they also lose to Joe Flacco? I hope not. Um, but if the Bengals start 0-3, that'll be pretty bad. They're only a four-and-a-half-point favorite, and I think that's a reflection of what we've seen so far from them, unable to separate from teams. The Jets might be riding high off of a win last week, and I think, like I said, they have the offensive firepower to possibly keep this a little closer, but I just don't think the Jets have anything on defense to keep the Bengals on their toes like Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons were able to. I'm with you. I think the Bengals get on the right track. I think they get in the win column. And crazy enough, I actually think it's close. 
just because, like I said, the Jets have enough firepower to possibly test this Bengals defense some more. And nothing has shown me that the Bengals defense is up for any sort of challenge. Uh, you know, I know they only gave up 20 to the Cowboys, but that's the Cooper Rush Cowboys without Michael Gallup, without Dak, Zeke performing like he's performing, and no Amari Cooper, too. So give me the Bengals, but I think it's going to be closer than what people kind of expect out of this one. Up next is Eagles at Commanders. What you got in this one? I'd take the Eagles on this one. I think Carson Wentz kind of two week rise to maybe prominence again, kind of get stunted if this Eagles defense can play any close to the level that they just played in this past week. Jalen Hurts is looking like an animal this year. He had three rushing touchdowns, I think, or two rushing touchdowns last week. He can do it through the air and on the ground. A.J. Brown has proven to be an amazing offseason pickup. They have weapons all over this offense. I think they proved that in week one when they had like five or six different players with a rushing touchdown. I don't believe A.J. Brown has gotten to the end zone yet, though, which is kind of shocking with kind of how you just give him the ball, let him work in space, and just run it in for a touchdown. I think that changes this week, but – the Eagles have been on something different, so I honestly don't see any reason why I don't have to pick them in for the win, so give me the Eagles in this one. Yeah, if he, he, let, me, let me try English. Uh, Philadelphia favored by about seven. This is at the Commanders, so I think that obviously anytime you're away in the NFL, you got a little bit more you got to work through because even if teams are bad, Nine times out of ten, there's going to be fans that show up and are going to make noise. And I think people are going to be invested in this game with Carson Wentz playing his old team. But I just think Carson Wentz comes back down to earth. Like I said, he's not playing anybody crazy these first two weeks. You know, the Lions defense has looked better than they have before, but this is still a Lions defense that doesn't have a lot of playmakers, especially in the secondary. And – you know, the Jags are still the Jags. Like, they were still the worst team in the league last year, and they still almost lost that game. So, like you said, the Eagles put out a pretty good showing, and this is against Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. And now you're going up against Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin, which I think that's a step down at each position. No disrespect to McLaurin, because I still think he's a top 10 wide receiver in this league. But. I just I don't think there's enough on defense that can stop this Eagles offensive of attack. Like you said, there's playmakers everywhere, and on the flip side, I just think the defense is going to be too much for this Commanders offense to continue to do what they've been able to do so far. Because I think this Eagles team is just a different tier than what they've played. So you know, I don't think it's some crazy big game. There's usually going to be a close game as opposed to a big time win. So. I think the Eagles will end by about 10 to 13 points in this one. Saints at Panthers. Uh, I don't I, Man, this, this one's kind of weird to me because, you know, the Saints pull off a huge comeback against the Falcons week one. Michael Thomas shows out, balls out, makes his presence known. And, you know, he did fine last week, but kind of like a step back to reality in my opinion. But... The Panthers just don't have the dudes on defense, in my opinion, to compete with him, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave. Alvin Kamara's kind of been out of sync this this year so far. 
And like, you know, I've both said about Jameis, he's kind of, you know, he's okay, but he's nothing special. And I think the back thing is probably going to keep bugging him for a while. Backs are hard to kind of come back from. But again, the Panthers are kind of facing offensive woes themselves. McCaffrey just can't seem to get going. And it seems like DJ Moore is the only guy that's trying his best to, to kind of put the team on his back. So I don't know, man. I, the Saints are favored, but I could also see the Panthers getting their first win in this one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bank on the fact that this is gonna be a super weird game, and I think the fan, the Panthers uh, somehow find a way to pull this one out. I have to take the Saints. I'll just if you're not gonna get Christian McCaffrey involved, you automatically have a disadvantage and have a worse chance to win. I mean, he's basically has been your whole offense for a long time. I know DJ Moore has been somewhat of a factor, but Christian McCaffrey's been that guy for so long, and if you refuse to get him involved, it's not going to be a good day for you. I think the big thing with Alvin Kamara is Drew Brees isn't there anymore. Jameis Winston's not a kind of hit you out in the flat and just kind of let you work in space type of guy. He's going to push the ball down the field. I know Drew Brees did that some, but he was also he also knew what he had and used Alvin Kamara, and that's when he had that absolutely nuts season where he went off for stupid amount of yards, stupid amount of touchdowns. But I'm going to have to take the, the Saints in this one. If Jameis Winston can limit his mistakes and play somewhat of a decent game, they have a whole lot of off or offensive weapons that the Panthers are going to have to cover. The Panthers just haven't looked like a good team so far. Saints really haven't either, but I'll have to take the Saints in this one and honestly a wish-wash game, but I wouldn't be surprised if either team wins. Next up, we got Jags at Chargers. Uh, I think this one will be kind of one that you need to keep an eye on if Justin Herbert for some reason doesn't play. I don't think the Jags win, but I think they could make some noise, and I think this kind of sets up what the Jags could possibly do on offense this season depending on how they perform against the Chargers. The Chargers are favored by a full touchdown, so that's interesting. I think that takes into account that Herbert could possibly not play. But uh, the defense for the Jags is for sure getting better. But I think it's just too far for them to compete against an offense like the Chargers. I don't know if Keenan Allen's coming back this week or not. If he's back, the combo of him, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett's actually been getting involved in this offense a pretty heavy amount. Uh, and then obviously you have the animal that is Austin Eckler that I just don't think anybody on that Jaguars defense can can handle. Um, but this Jags offense, like I said, has a chance to make a statement. If they can look good enough against this Chargers defense, I think that's a step in the right direction for this franchise going forward. So, like I said, I don't think the Jags win, but um, I think if you know Herbert doesn't play, this could be closer to a seven-point win, but give me the Chargers by about 14 to 17. So it all kind of just comes down to if Justin Herbert plays or not. I don't think this game is particularly close because I think the biggest person in this matchup is J.C. Jackson. If you put him on Christian Kirk the whole game, he's going to be probably non-existent. And from what don't we forget about Asante Samuel Jr. Though this man has been playing excellent football these first two weeks. Oh no! So if, even if he's the one on Christian Kirk, I'm with you. Whoever it is, if you shut down Christian Kerr, it's going to be a rough day. So this offense is going to get stuck in the mud if they don't have that big playability from Christian Kirk. And if either of those guys are on him, probably 
J.C. Jackson since they are number ones. But I think J.C. Jackson had an injury or something like that. He might be coming back from, so who knows. So if that happens, I don't see this being much of a game. Like you said, this team is getting better. James Robinson and Travis Etienne are in the backfield. But if you stop Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence hasn't really thrown a whole lot to anybody else. And this is kind of looking like a great matchup if Justin Herbert doesn't play because I do think that just dip and dunk to Austin Eckler out of the backfield. So I have to take, honestly, the Chargers in this one a whole lot more spread out than what you think. I think it could be a really good day for the Chargers. Next up, we got Rams at Cardinals. Hit me with it. I have to go Rams purely based on how good Cooper Cup has been playing. He's been basically unguardable. I think he has 300 yards, four touchdowns in two games. He's just solidified himself as what everybody thought he was, a top five receiver in the league. I know this Arizona secondary is good with Buda and Byron Murphy and players like that, Isaiah Simmons, but he's proven that he can do it on the best of the best. I know it's probably getting annoying to listen to, but I don't think Kyler Murray is that good of a quarterback. James Conner hasn't really got too involved in the running game. They still have no DeAndre Hopkins. I know they played a good game last week, but I just I just don't have the faith in Kyler Murray. So I don't have really any faith that the Cardinals pull this one out, honestly. This one's so weird because I feel like, you know, the Kyler Murray has looked a little uncomfortable to start this season. And, you know, they do get the comeback win last week, but I think that had more to do with how the Raiders defense just kind of went ballistic and disappeared. Um, this Rams defense, I think, has a chance to really, you know, make a statement that their defense just had a rough kind of start to the year. You know, maybe that's, you know, still shaking off the cobwebs from the Super Bowl win. I'm not really sure. But I'm with you. You know, they were able to kind of shut down Devontae for the most part on defense for the Cardinals. But I think the combination of Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson's a little bit too much for this defense. And if Jalen Ramsey can kind of make Marquise Brown a non-factor and, you know, Kyler Murray's having to rely on A.J. Green and Zach Ertz and Rondell Moore, I just I feel like that's not really a recipe for success. And then Aaron Donald gets to eat James Conner for lunch all day long. You know, this could possibly end up being a closer game. You know, maybe the Rams' weird defensive woes continue and the Cardinals are able to pull this one out. I just don't see that happening. I haven't seen the proof that it can happen as of now because I think the Rams are, you know, even with their rough start, are still a better team than the Raiders uh, kind of all the way around pretty much. So give me the Rams in this one. I think they can win by a score. But if the Cardinals win, I'm not going to say I would be all that shocked. The tale of two bad teams, Falcons and Seahawks. You and I are both probably going to beat a dead horse with this one. Kyle Pitts has to get involved for the Falcons to win a football game. They haven't won any football games so far, and Pitts hasn't been involved, so I don't see how me and you are either one of us wrong with that take. Uh, 
you know, the Seahawks got an impressive win over the Broncos week one, but with the way that the Broncos played against the Texans last week, I think that win kind of is diminished just a little bit because the Broncos just seem so out of sorts. The Seahawks still have DK. They still have Tyler Lockett. Rashad, uh, Rashad Penny is, you know, he's a really good running back, and I think the Falcons can be susceptible for the run. So if A.J. Terrell gets burnt by DK like he did with Michael Thomas in week one, I think the Falcons could be in for a long day. But if A.J. Terrell plays like he did last year and is able to kind of take DK out of the game and the Falcons are able to focus the rest of the defense on that running game, I think the Falcons could come out with a win in this one. Um, I'm going to lean on the Falcons. Hopefully they get Kyle Pitts involved. Drake London has another good game. Since the defenses are kind of the factor that keeps this one, you know, kind of closer to a high scoring matchup for me, uh, I'm going to say the Falcons win by a field goal. Whoever wins this game wins by max a field goal. And I think this one could get into the, the 30s for both teams just because of the where the defenses are. I wouldn't be shocked if either team wins. Like you said, these teams are have both been terrible. Or I think the Falcons have looked better than the Seahawks, even though they don't have a win. The Seahawks do. But like you said, Kyle Pitts has got to get involved. But this Seahawks defense is bad. They have Jordan Brooks, Quandre Diggs, and that's about it. Quandre Diggs might be on. Drake London, maybe open up for Kyle Pitts. Marcus Marietta does have some running ability. Cordell Patterson, you get him involved. I think it'd be a good day for the Falcons. Like you said, A.J. Terrell, kind of really the only bright spot left in that Falcons secondary. There's not really much outside of him. He wasn't all pro last year. Has definitely not been playing like it this year. But if you take away a big target like DK Metcalf, like Tyler Lockett enforce either Geno Smith to make plays on the, on the ground or give it to Rashad Penny, which their run game has been non-existent this year. I think it'd be a long day for them. Like you said, I think it could potentially be a shootout if AJ Terrell doesn't play a good game. I'd say Falcons in this one, maybe by 10, but I don't really see it getting too much out of hand after that. This one's interesting for me, Packers at Bucks. Um, you give these teams the rosters they had last year, I think this is by far the best game of the weekend, and I think one of the better games that the year could see. brady Rogers has been a matchup that's always inter- been interesting to watch. This, Like I said, this one's just so weird because the rosters are just so much different. The Bucks have no Mike Evans. The offensive line has played so bad. Like you said, Tristan Wirfs can only do so much by himself. And the defense, you know, the defense has been good, but the Bucks have played the Saints. So, and, you know, they played the Cowboys, who had a really rough week one. CeeDee Lamb is just not – has not shown to be a wide receiver one on his own. And Zeke and Tony Pollard just aren't able to kind of carry that offense by themselves. So it's kind of hard to really judge where this uh, Buccaneers defense is. And then on top of that, going against this Packers offense, whose best weapon is a, you know Aaron Jones. And outside of that, its next best weapon is Robert Tunyon, which isn't saying much. I think the Bucs get this win. 
but they're going to have to earn it because I think this Packers defense might show up to play and Jair going up against this Buccaneers secondary without Mike Evans. And if Chris Godwin doesn't play, I think it could be another long day for Tom Brady in this offense. And I think you mentioned it in our recap episode from last week too. You know, I think Leonard Fournette was an excellent signing for this team and he played really good in the playoffs, but he just, he has not been able to get going because of where this offensive line has fallen to. I'm actually going to go ahead and say that the Packers win this game by a field goal. I think this is super close, and I think it's ugly with how the first two Bucks games have been. I think it's if whoever can get to 21st, I think, wins the football game. So give me back. This game could definitely get ugly for both teams, but I'm, de- I'm going to have to take the Bucks on this one. I don't think – the Packers' offense is really that good since Devontae left, and the Bucks' defense, kind of like what you said, kind of not have a lot of faith in them. They're still good. They still have a lot of dudes that they won the Super Bowl with, and they're they've all been playing together for a really long time. I think if they eliminate Aaron Jones, I really don't think this Packers' offense moves. I know you said. The Bucs are missing a lot of offensive pieces, but historically Aaron Rodgers has not played good against Tom Brady, and Tom Brady has played good against Aaron Rodgers. And it's always hard to bet against the GOAT. I think he just makes it happen, even though this year I definitely don't think he looks like the same Tom Brady, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like the same Aaron Rodgers either. So I'm going to just have to take kind of the historical matchup and just have to take Brady just kind of overall on Rodgers and the Bucks get this one. 49ers at Broncos, I find this game actually super interesting, but I want to hear what you have to say first. I would say if Trey Lance was the starter, I'd probably have to take the Broncos, but now that Jimmy G is in there, a seasoned veteran, with how bad the Broncos have been playing on offense, surprisingly, I'd have, I'm going to have to take the 49ers. They just have to get Debo Samuel more involved, get him – Making plays again, he's been kind of quiet the first two starts of the season. You just can't do that with a guy who basically carried your team all season last year. George Kittle has been a non-factor. I think he's been hurt. I don't know if he plays in this game or not, but if he does, you got to give him the football. But I think Jimmy G just has that experience. And Russ, we talked about it in our recap episode, I have no idea what's going on in Denver. It's like he's not the same quarterback. He has better weapons, in my opinion, easily than he did in Seattle, and he just hasn't been able to get it all worked together. Their defense is pretty good, but so is the 49ers. So I'm going to have to take Jimmy G wins his first game back as the 49ers starter. I think the Broncos can win this football game. Kittle was out last week, and if they have to focus on throwing the football around, I think the Broncos' defense hasn't been the problem with these first two weeks. I mean, Seattle kind of put more on the Broncos than I expected, but they shut down the Texans like they should have. This offense just really has to get figured out. Russ can play better than this. I don't know if – I think Jerry Judy went down last game, but I don't know if he is going to be out for an extended period of time. I'll have to check into that. Cortland Sutton is a good wide receiver one. And, you know, I don't really know how well that'll stack up against this 49ers defense. 
But I think if Russ can kind of get himself together, I think they actually can play a pretty good game. Uh, I think the Broncos, like I said, the Broncos can win, but I think it's just still a really far way to go, and I think the 49ers end up pulling it out. I think this is closer than you know people might expect considering how rough the Broncos' offense has looked at times this year. But give me the 49ers in a super close one, but the Broncos, in my opinion, have a chance to win this. Final game, we'll kind of wrap it up here. Cowboys at Giants, give me your thoughts. It's a really tough game because both of these offenses are bad. But just kind of instinctively and based on their defense, I have to go with the Cowboys. I know this New York offensive line is better, and I have faith in our former Georgia boy and Andrew Thomas. Maybe not so much so in Evan Neal, even though we were both really high on him coming out of the draft. I just think he's having some woes changing from college to pro, but so did Andrew Thomas, and look where he's at now. I think Evan Neal is athletic enough, knows what to do enough to where he starts progressing throughout the season and kind of gets back to his college form. But Micah Parsons has been an animal so far this year. Trayvon Diggs has been an animal in the secondary I know Cooper Rush is back there, but this Giants team just hasn't looked good outside of Saquon Barkley. They haven't got Kendarius Toney involved. Kenny Galladay is nowhere to be found. I don't think Sterling Shepard's been very much involved either. They don't have Evan Ingram at tight end anymore. So outside of Saquon Barkley, it just doesn't look really good for them. I know that Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari didn't play last week for the Giants. I don't know if they're back this this week, but it's just really hard for me to take this terrible Giants offense over a great duo and Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. I'm going to have to put some sort of faith in Cooper Rush. I think they rely heavily on Zeke and Tony Pollard in this game and pull it out, and honestly, I think a pretty close one. I don't think this game is very high scoring, but it just depends on how those running backs do in Dallas. I'm with you. I actually think the, the Cowboys get this win. I really would like to see the Giants start 3-0. That would be really cool to kind of see. For some reason, they are favored in this. I think that has to do with the fact that Cooper Rush is starting. But no matter what mean you had to say about the Bengals' defense, I think the Giants' defense is worse for right now. And like you said, outside of Saquon Barkley, this Giants offense just really hasn't done a whole lot. And Andrew Thomas has improved. And like you said, Evan Neal has had his growing pains in his first season in the NFL. It is an improved Giants offensive line, but I think Micah Parsons is going to eat lunch all day. I just, I just don't. I don't see how they stop him. I really don't because – and like I said, Andrew Thomas has played better. And, you know, maybe if Andrew Thomas is able to kind of slow him down for a little bit, they just flip sides. And I think he takes over Evan Neal because his athleticism is just too much right now. Evan Neal struggled with Brian Burns last week. And I think Micah Parsons is as good of an athlete and maybe just a little bit better overall as a football player than Brian, Brian Burns. So this could, this could be a long day for the Giants offensive line. I think, Cooper Rush didn't do anything spectacular, but he did enough to win the game for the Cowboys last week. So I'm with you. I think this is close, 
but I think the Cowboys end up getting a win, and I think this defense has a chance to show out. Maybe we see a pick six from Trayvon to make it a little bit bigger of a score because Daniel Jones is still the quarterback back there for the Giants, and you know he didn't do anything to lose them the game against the Titans in week one, but he definitely didn't do anything to help them out too much in their, week against, their win against the Panthers last week. You know, I just – like I said, it would be really cool to see the Giants at 3-0. and I just don't see a scenario in which this happens. So give me the Cowboys by about a score. And with that, that kind of wraps up our Week 3 preview. If you had to give me a team that's probably going to disappoint you the most this week, who do you think that would be? I would say could possibly be the Bucks. I think – I have high hopes for him just because, like I talked about, historically Tom Brady being whatever, but or, or being better than Aaron Rodgers. But there's been so much drama around him this offseason. Mike Evans going out. Chris, Gard- Chris Godwin might not be playing. Their offensive line being so bad. It could definitely lead to an upset, in my opinion. But this defense played really good last week. But Aaron Rodgers is also Aaron Rodgers, so he could pick apart a defense, no problem. I think either of those teams, or mainly the Bucks, have a chance to disappoint, but also I think the Packers do too, and they can only score about three to seven points in this game, just depending on how good the Bucks' defense plays. So I definitely have to take the Bucks. For me, it's probably the Raiders because they are on the road at the Titans, and the Titans have been off to a rush start with a look, with a loss to the Giants and then getting obliterated by the Bills. But I don't know. Just if the Raiders can't figure out their offensive consistency, if Derek Carr has a Derek Carr game that he's had these first two weeks, and if the defense can't get Derek Henry in line, I think that's easy recipe for the Raiders to lose this game. I think the defenses are about on the same pedestal, but – in essence, you can kind of say the offenses are too because Derrick Henry is a top running back in the league. Devontae Adams is a top wide receiver in the league. And then you've got pieces that are impressive. Darren Waller is a top tight end in this league, but I feel like people have started to try and do their best to shut him out. And he did have a good enough game last week to where I think he helped get the Raiders out to that, you know, that lead. But the Raiders offense is a little bit better but the defenses are kind of on the same magnitude. And like I said before, I feel like home field advantage always matters in the NFL for the most part. You know, teams like the Bills this year and, you know, the Chiefs in years past when they're on the road seem to play kind of the same. But I feel like home field advantage always has to be taken into consideration. So I think the Raiders ultimately win against the Titans, but if they ended up losing – like I said, if Devontae Adams is shut down again, I honestly wouldn't be too too shocked by that, especially to see if Derrick Henry possibly goes off for a crap ton of yards. So I think my possible disappointment team would be the Raiders. And that's going to wrap up everything for us. Again, we really appreciate everybody listening to the show. You can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Go check us out on Facebook, Read the Roster, on Twitter, at Read the Roster. Send us your thoughts, reactions to things we're saying here on the show. Give us your opinions. Tweet at us during these games. We want to interact with as many people as possible. Please share the show. Please rate and review the show. It helps us a whole lot. It helps us reach a new uh, batch of people. 
And yeah, man, just like me and you talked about in week four for the college football season, I think this, you know, it could be a quiet week three, but it also could be one where we come back and we're like, man, we just did not expect it. Cause I feel like the NFL is just always a coin toss. Yeah, it's been, I hate to keep saying it, but I mean, it's been some of the craziest football I've ever seen. Maybe it's just me paying attention more to it this year, but with college and the NFL, there's been blowouts, upsets, crazy games here and there, crazy performances. It's been wild to see. So, honestly, I just hope that continues. Makes football more fun to watch, more fun to cover. And like you said, thanks for everybody supporting the podcast. It's been crazy to see. I never would have thought that we'd have got this much support in the first few episodes, and it's been awesome to see and really grateful for it. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And like I said, please interact with us during these games. We will be, you know, paying attention to what's going on. So we want to hear what people have to say. With that being said, thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.